Hello, this is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with sharing the Word of God. Today we're going to be coming from 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to do a Bible study on this. And we're going to start at that first verse, and it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, and that ye may grow thereby. Uh, Here Peter speaks, and he's telling them to, you got to get rid of malice. Malice is the intention or desire to to just do evil. And so uh, we we see malice in our society today with people just going, just like we just saw with them going up there and tearing up that White House. That was malice, just going in, just doing destruction. You got intention to do evil. Um, people going out rioting and stealing, just intention to do evil. So he says, you got to lay these things aside and you got to get rid of guile. That's skillful deceit where you think up and devise ways to uh, deceive people. You, You skillfully think it up. Hypocrisies, we know what that is, saying one thing and doing another and being envious of other people of what they've got and what you wish you had. And then it says evil speaking. That's just saying things that are contrary against the word of uh, contrary to the word of God and evil things and bad things, wicked things that you can say about people. So Peter is urging that people will lay aside these things, get these things out of your spirit as newborn babes he says that you ought to desire the sincere milk of the word. So you need to desire the, the purest form of the word so that when you get the word of God in you, the word is food to you. You need to eat this, eat this, the scriptures and meditate on the scriptures so that when, when it's time for you to, um, uh, go through some things in life or things you need to make decisions on. You need to have the word of God rooted down in you. And then you need to be able to make the choices that you need to be able to make about your life uh, based upon the word of God. We go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And as we go from glory to glory, you ought to be growing stronger in the word. You ought to be able to recognize when the enemy is coming because you're skilled in the word and you, you've you learned his tactics. You ought to know um, that God has brought you through things in your past and he's going to take you in your future. So as a newborn babe, you drink this milk of the word. And he uses milk because as you as you are new in Christ, that's and and you're a baby that's what you have to have you have to have milk but when you have milk just like a natural baby has milk natural milk to drink if you have spiritual food to drink as he's using this uh comparison here you are going to grow because you're getting the word of god on the inside of your heart he says that if so be ye have tasted 
that the Lord is gracious. So we find that as we walk in the word of God and we get God's word on in our heart, we find the grace of God uh, for our lives. We find God's grace in our lives when he is um, showing forth his mercy because he takes us and he cleanses us from our sins. He takes us right where we are. We don't have to clean up to come to Christ. God's grace and mercy, his blood shed on Calvary's cross. When we get his blood, his grace comes upon our life. It says in the fourth verse, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. So here it is we find that as we go unto, unto Christ Jesus, he's the living stone. He's, he's the, the, the uh, person that we build our life upon. He's solid. There's a song called Solid as a Rock. He is solid. And so when you build upon a solid foundation, when the storm, when we build upon Jesus Christ and we set our lives as, and we follow the pattern that the Lord has made for us, that when we hit these rocky places in our lives, we won't fall apart because we are coming unto the living stone which is Jesus Christ you can't knock Jesus around like you can any human being and so when we get connected to him when we get where we accept him as our personal savior we've got a solid stone that is right there to 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 lead and to guide us we've got a solid stone Jesus Christ who's laid out that foundation for us It said that some disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. So he's a living stone. People didn't want him, but God chose him and he's precious. So we got to stop and we got to remember who Jesus is. He's the son of God. And while other people reject him, when we know him, he is precious to us. He is chosen by God and he's laid out his life for us. It says in that fifth verse, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So, He's made us come alive. He made us uh, renewed. He washed our sins away. He cleansed us from our iniquities. And he made us to stand firm and to be like him. He built us a spiritual house. So we have this treasure, which is the Holy Ghost, that once we've been born again... We've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. And with that Holy Spirit being on the inside of us and living on the inside of us, we are a spiritual house. We are, we, we, we are spirit inside of a body. 
And so we need to learn how to live by the spirit and not so, so much as walk by the fleshy part of us, but we need to walk in the spirit. So we are spiritual house unto God. He's built us up. And so with us being a spiritual house and with us being a uh, holy priesthood, we don't have to do like the priesthood of the Old Testament. We can go boldly unto the throne of grace. I can I can go, you can go, and we can get directly uh, to God and ask God, about the things that we need. We can talk to God about our issues and we don't have to do all the cleansing and the washings and the uh, shedding of blood of animals because Jesus's blood cleanses us from our sins. He is the sacrifice. So with his blood being on us, I'm the priesthood. You're the priesthood that can go directly to God and can talk to God about anything. We can talk to God in prayer. I got a right now to go to God in praise. I can lift my hands before God. I can go into the holy of holies and pray and talk to talk to Jesus, talk to God. And so the things that I do will be acceptable acceptable to God because God sees everything that I do. He sees it through the blood. Because Jesus' blood, it covers you and it covers me if we're born again. So we got a right by the blood of Jesus to to go up and offer spiritual sacrifices, offer prayer. We can offer praise. We can offer thanksgiving unto the Lord because he's not seeing us as we are. But we humble ourselves before God, we humble ourselves before Jesus because we got the blood of Jesus on us. And so we are acceptable to God because he's seeing us through the blood. It says in that sixth verse, wherefore also it is contained in scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. So Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And the chief cornerstone, you build the house from the chief cornerstone. It says that he's elect. God elected him for that position. God knew that he would send Jesus down here to make things right to bring man back into right standing with God where he had been, uh, where he had lost that, that consciousness of God because of sin. But when Jesus came, Jesus came and he put sin under his feet. And so when Jesus came, his, his blood can cleanse our consciousness from sin. So he's the chief cornerstone. He's elect and he's precious. So it says that if we believe on him, we're not going to be confounded. So the thing about it is, is, is when we got this Holy Ghost on the inside of us, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory, 
when we got the word of God being uh, taught to us and we're feeding on this word of God and we're growing and we're like a newborn baby said, desiring this sincere milk of the word and we're growing and we're becoming skillful in the word of God. Then he says that we're not going to be confounded. When we got the Holy Ghost inside of us, the Holy Ghost will speak to us that thing which he hears from God on high. And when the Holy Ghost begins to speak, he speaks those things that he hears his father say. So he tells you what's on the mind of God about your life. So we won't be confounded because Jesus is going to take care of us. Jesus is going to reveal things to us through the Holy Ghost living on the inside. It says in that seventh verse, unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. So you got to believe that there is an importance about Jesus. You got to believe that he is the son of the living God. You got to believe that he is the one who uh, wipes away your sins and who cleanses you and makes you perfect before God. So you got to believe that he's precious. But unto them which are disobedient, I'm at that seventh verse, the stone which the builders disallow, the same is made the head of the corner. So some might not want him, but yet and still he's still the head. So if he's the head and he's what everything is built around, you either going to let your house be built around him and be built correctly, or you're going to have a problem with uh, your house. You're going to have a problem with your life because he is, whether you want to admit it or not, he is the chief cornerstone. He is the leader and he is the guy. He is the one from which where the house is constructed around him. But it says in that eighth verse that he's a stone of stumbling. So some people can't get over the fact that he's, he, he is, he's saying he's the son of God and some are still looking for the son of God. They can't get over the fact that his blood cleanses us from our sins. He's a rock of offense to some because when he said he was the son of God, they were like, aren't you just the carpenter's son? Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. So God's desire is for every man to be saved. God's desire is that men would repent and turn to him. God's desire is that we would all live holy. We all are appointed to that word of God. We all are appointed to live holy, but we make the choice to live according to if we in our flesh and we want the things of the flesh, that's what we're going to choose. And when we choose that, we are disobedient to the word and we reject Jesus. But for those who, who know that he's precious, for those who believe that he's the chief cornerstone and that I need to build my life around him for my, for my temple to be correct, 
then then to us he's precious he's not a he's not a, a stumbling block Jesus is when you think like that he's not a rock of offense because we know that we need him we know that we need him to survive as the song says I need you you need me we're a family we need you to survive so when we look at Jesus as the chief cornerstone, when we look at Jesus as precious, then we're walking hand in hand and we're walking in the appointment that God has given us. And that is to lift up holy hands and to serve him. In the ninth verse, he says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are a chosen generation. Now you stop and you think that we are here in a set time and God chose us to be here. We are royal priesthood because when you go and you accept Jesus as personal Savior, we are royalty and we are priests. We can offer up sacrifices. When you're royalty, royalty has a certain command that it can have in the land. And so we speak to, we can speak to life situations. We can offer up prayers and Praise unto God, which will be acceptable to him. It says we are holy nation. He's looking at, us, looking at us as holy, a holy people. We are a peculiar people because we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. We set ourselves aside and give ourselves unto God, which makes us peculiar from the world who wants to do things their way. That, that, that we should show forth the praises of him who have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So by how we live, that's how we show forth the praises of God. Because if we live a holy life and if we live a righteous life, then we are showing forth praise unto God. We can win people. Sometimes you can't win people by just going into the church house, but you can win people by how you live your life before them. So we show forth the praises of God as he's called us out of darkness, out of living in the flesh, out of cussing people out when they done made us mad, out of taking a gun out and shooting people, and how 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 you might want to slap somebody or, or steal from them if they got a little bit of overplus. So God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light because we're, we're eating on the word. We're desiring that sincere milk of the word. We are... Uh, Worshiping him as the chief cornerstone. We are offering up spiritual sacrifices unto God, which are acceptable unto him. We're considering Jesus as precious. He's not a stumbling block to us. So we're walking in the marvelous light. So when you walk in that marvelous light, 
We learn how to trust him in hard situations. We learn that we know that God is working things out for us, for the good. We know that God has got us in the plan that he's making. He's working out his plan and we're part of God's plan. It says, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So at one point, the Gentiles could not be part of the the royal priesthood. They were not part of the family of God. But when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus died on the cross for every man. And so he died both for Jew and he died both for Gentile. So we have obtained the mercies of God because he's died for all of us. In that 11th verse, it says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. I've done that, uh, talked about uh, the old cartoon where there's the devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. And sometimes uh, there's a war that goes on in the flesh. And it's like, I want to do this, but the Holy Ghost won't let me do that. Or you're tempted to go and do a certain thing but you choose that you're going to serve God in the matter. So sometimes there's a war going on and really the one who's going to win out is the one, whatever you're feeding your soul most of, if you're feeding your soul, the word of God and you're praying and you're making a conscious decision that you want to follow God, then you're going to choose as it, like in that cartoon, you're going to make a godly choice. So the angel's going to win out. But if you're forgetting about God and you're just doing what you want to do and not meditating on his word, not talking to him, then the fleshy part, the flesh side is going to to win out. So you'll make decisions that are more in line with the world. So you need to concentrate when we're going to walk this thing out with God. We need to concentrate on feeding and focusing in on the things of God and doing those things which God has told us in his word that we need to do. So we need to, in that 12th verse, it says, having your conversations honest amongst the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So the Gentiles were leery of the Jews. So, and even now, sometimes you, you will hear, you'll hear it being said. I don't, you know, uh, you don't hear it a lot, but you still hear Gentiles speak evil of Jews, but even with us, if we were to uh, be amongst unbelievers, then we need to show forth our good works. And just like I said before, sometimes you can't win people with words, but you can win people when God is touching their hearts. They'll remember that you were good to them. 
when you see somebody that has got a need, and a need doesn't always have to be something tangible. It can just be a word. Sometimes if you just lift somebody up, they'll remember that when they were down and out, you talked to them or you encouraged them. And so when God begins to, a man can't go to Jesus unless God draws him to Jesus. But when he's doing the drawing, then that that person sometimes can focus back on um, how you might, I'm just going to use this for example, you might have bought somebody some lunch or you might have just God told you somebody needed some cash and you slipped them some and they really did need the cash because they, they the, the car could be on empty and you gave them 20 bucks and because you gave them that, then they'll glorify God because they'll say, God really does care about me. Thank God. Look what God did. Amen. That's the way it works. So we got to show forth the praises of him. We got to show forth the goodness of God. And we got to be able to, to, to show good works and do good things to people. It doesn't look like we're going to finish this up because I'm trying to get this done in 30 minutes. So it says at that 13th verse, and we may, I may have to finish this up a little bit uh, later, but I'm going to try to get it done, which I don't think I'll do. But anyway, it says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of them that do well. So in other words, if God has established the governments down here, then we need to obey the laws. It says, 15, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of fools. So people speak against the things of God because they don't understand them. But when we walk connected to God, when we walk connected to him, then the word of God works for us. And so when people speak contrary and the word is working, what they going to say to a word that works? What they going to say to the word of God when the word of God is effective? They don't they can't speak negative of something that is working. It says as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So in other words, be good to all people. Be good to all people. Amen. It says in the 18th verse, Servants, be subject to your own masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the forward. So in the the writing at this time, they had servants, they had uh, slaves, and they called them masters. And I guess in our time, we would use this as employees, be subject to your employer with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the forward. Sometimes it's hard to work with people who are, evil or mean to you as a 
a boss and you're working under them. But God wants you to still show forth his praise inside of you by your good works. And, you know, God can fix a thing that when somebody mistreats you and does you wrong on your job, God can fix that thing so that God will bring favor unto your name. God will show forth uh, the glory out of you and you can end up getting a promotion while somebody's mistreating you. It says, for this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God and do grief, suffering wrongly. So when your conscience is clear, you know you've done right. You don't have to worry about what's, what's going to happen when somebody's doing you evil or somebody's doing you wrong. When somebody's doing you wrong, then you let God work it out. God is going to work it out. The, the best way to deal with things when people do you wrong is to get on your knees and pray and you talk to God about it because when you're a child of God God is going to fight your battles for you God is going to make a way for you out of no way and you can trust that and not doubt it says 20 verse 20 we're at first Peter chapter 2 verse 20 for what glory is it when you be buffeted for your faults you shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable to God. So when you when you messing up and you get rebuked for messing up, then you take it patiently. But when you getting rebuked for stuff that you're doing right, but it's somebody just on your case because they don't like you, when you act right, God is pleased with that. And like I said, when things come up like that, you trust in the Lord that the Lord is going to watch out for you and the Lord is going to take care of your needs. And God sees when people are doing you wrong, God is going to step in. I don't know when, but I know that he will. And God is going to handle that matter. When you mess with a child of God, you better know that you're just not messing with that child of God. But that child of God has God God backing him up. So when you mess with a child of God, you messing with God. So you just trust in God when you're dealing in difficult situations and people are doing you wrong when you're doing right. You pray about it and you trust in God. It says, for even unto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow him. So if Christ suffered, we're going to suffer. And however he dealt with the matter, that's how we deal with it. If he could deal with it, we could deal with it. And then we can deal with it because we got him, the Holy Ghost, living on the inside of us. The Holy Ghost is going to help us to deal with it. When the Holy Ghost tells you to be quiet, then you be quiet. And 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 you don't rebuke, you don't uh, fight back with your verbal words. You let God fight your battles for you. It says... Who did no sin? So in tough situations when it's going bad or when things aren't working out right, you hang on to your faith and you still walk it out by the word. Neither was guile found in his mouth. Jesus didn't try to get back skillfully and and do deceit with people or work things out maliciously. No, he went through it. It wasn't no guile found in his mouth. He didn't tell lies to get out of anything. He spoke the truth. Amen. It says, 
who when he was reviled, he reviled not. So when they mistreated him, he didn't mistreat people back. Sometimes when people mistreat us, that's what we want to do. You mistreat me, I'll mistreat you. But that's not the way. It says when he suffered, he threatened not. When we suffer, we don't need to be threatening people. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. So if we as Christians want to live a holy life, then we need to do what Jesus did. And we need to walk it out by the word of God. We may not feel like it and we may be tempted. But when we make the choice and the decision that we're going to live this thing out right, we're doing it right before the Lord. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. I'm at verse 24 on the tree, on the cross. That's what it says on the cross that it says tree. But we know he died on the cross that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So if we're going to make the commitment to pick up our cross and to follow him, then when we got, when he nailed to that cross, then we also nailed to the cross with him, meaning that we died to our flesh and we died to the decisions of how we could live because we choosing to live holy. We choosing to be healed by those stripes. My mind is healed. My heart is made whole because I believe in Jesus and I'm going to live for him. I'm going to work for him. And I'm going to walk by the, by the faith of God. I'm going to believe in him that he is going to keep me, that he is going to keep me, uh, and I'll be able to walk out this life. For we were as sheep going astray, uh, but Jesus came and he found us. Jesus came and he found us and he made us free. And now we have returned to the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Amen. So we're walking this thing out by faith. So we find here in, uh, in first Peter in chapter two, just some ways of how we should live that we just need to know how to make the right choices by the word of God, by walking in the consciousness of God. We need to Lay aside malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies, and evil speaking. We need to drink this milk of the word as we're newborn babes so that we can grow. And eventually we're going to get into the meat of the word. But that's the symbolism he's using here. We are a spiritual house. Uh, Remember that we are a royal priesthood. We don't walk in guile. With anybody, we are chosen generation. God chose you to live right now. And what a time we live in right now. And we are peculiar because we choose that we're going to serve God Almighty. We are, are walking in his ways because he's called us to walk in light. And that's what we are doing. So I pray that some of these things you're, you will pick up and and that that you will follow these principles when you go out on your job follow these principles when you're around all people remember that all people are created by God 
Some people may not act godly, but we can win lost souls to God by our holy walk of faith and by how we treat other people. So these are just some principles that are in the word of God. And so I hope that just by sharing uh, these principles that are here, that um, it can be of some help. So uh, lastly, as, as was said, when you go through something, go through it. Jesus went through it, but he set the example for you and for me. So I hope that this word has helped you in some way and that you will, uh, you have benefited. So I enjoyed teaching this Bible study and it's a good Bible study. Go back and read all of first, all of first Peter. And so, um, just try to live by the principles of his word. So until we meet again, be blessed. Bye-bye.